Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Home and home. What's it like to get kicked in the nuts straight after you roll out of bed? That's how I started my day. And what it has to do with some major breaking college football news It's a shitty hump day if you ask this guy. Radio.com Sports Original is home and home. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire. Who's the greatest villain in sports today? Is it Joel Embiid? The Sixers star will talk to Spike Eskin, WIP Sports Radio, about the villainous Sixers superstar who reemerged last night and is a punter, the most popular athlete in the XFL? Is that a problem if, in fact, it's true? We'll talk to arguably the most popular player in the XFL, Marquette King, who has 335,000 Instagram followers, will join us later on in the program. But I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut, and Ross Tucker is home in Pennsylvania. And, Ross, it is a big day for me, and we'll get to why it felt like getting kicked in the nuts straight after getting out of bed later in the program. But first, I'm a bit nervous today. I, I, I'm a bit sweaty um, because I have to go read to my daughter's, uh, you know, eight-year-old classroom, a bunch of little kids reading a book to little children, something I have always hated, despised, felt uncomfortable, sweated through it profusely. Yeah, I've spent my entire career on television, bro. And I can't get past reading books to young children. Don't like it, bro. Don't like anything about it. Yeah, you're a weirdo. I I don't get it at all. Like, I don't understand. You're on all these national television shows and you got a problem going in to read to your little kid and her class. I I don't like what, what about it do you not like? Well, first off, I I read to my daughter each and every night that I take her to bed, read a couple of books. She reads to me. Love that. I mean, I I am more into that little girl than anything on the planet. But reading to little children in a classroom is unlike anything I've experienced in my television career, most notably because we don't stare at the audience when we're on television, nor do we on this program here on the Radio.com app or iTunes. I don't have to see those little eyes that aren't paying attention to you, that are dazing around the room, that are fiddling around with things, that are chattering amongst themselves. You don't have a captive audience. You have kids who can't pay attention for nine seconds. And it just makes me nervous. It makes me uncomfortable. I would never sign up for it. But my wife throws this at me 24 hours ago. Oh, by the way, a couple of months ago, I accidentally signed us up as what's called a mystery reader. But as it turns out, my daughter's birthday is tomorrow and my wife is reading to the class tomorrow. So um, I'm going to need you to do this one. And, and I said, you know, I don't sign up for such things. You can't throw that on me. You don't have a problem with those little eyes 
glazing around the room, little kids not paying attention to anything you're saying? No, not really, because I know how to capture an audience. I, I know <laughs> okay. I know my audience, and I, I know how to keep all of the eyes on me. You got to use the different voices, dude. You can't just have one voice. When you're reading the book, you have to be like, like if it's Peter Rabbit or whatever, and then there's, I don't know, Molly the uh, Possum. They have to have different voices. That's the whole key. Like... And then Peter Rabbit came into the scene. Hey, guys, I'm Peter Rabbit. How are you? Good, Peter, <sighs> said Polly Possum. Like, you just got to change the voices up, bro. Like, that's the key. Just get into it. Own it. Change the voices up, and you will be able to capture their attention and keep their audience the whole time. It's all about changing your voices. They're into it. I love it. Anytime I can go to one of my daughter's classrooms in any capacity, the holiday party, read to them, whatever, I am all about it because they love it and they'll remember it. And frankly, Dave, it's one of the cool things about your job and my job is that we are able to go during school hours and do things like that when most dads are not. I'm with you, man. It is an honor. It is a wonderful part of what our, our business allows us to do. And I do mix up the voices. I, I'll go all sorts. I'll go girl voices. I'll go little voices. I'll, I can't bring the booming pipes that you have, but I certainly mix up the voices. It, it, it still is just an audience that I don't enjoy. Now, I have an easier time speaking to a journalism class of 100 you know, college students or high school students that's easier for me than reading to these young children who just can't pay attention. But I will be trying to channel you throughout my performance at 2.50 this afternoon. Maybe I'll get a selfie at the end of class and you can see the sweat beating down my forehead and we'll see how I survive uh, the performance. And then maybe I can grade my wife's performance tomorrow and see who does a better job of it. I, I will mix up the voices, bro. It will still Make me nervous, though, man. It will still make me very nervous. You you did it recently this year, I believe. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I do it a couple times a year, typically if I can. I will say uh, the last few years, three different times for, like, show and tell day or what your daddy does, you know, like career day. So one time it was at my younger daughter's preschool, and then the next time – uh, both of them in junior kindergarten, back-to-back -back years, they had like a career day or career month or whatever. And so uh, they really liked it. I brought in my helmets, shoulder pads, gloves, cleats. They loved that. That was cool to see all the different little kids putting on Cowboys and Redskins and Patriots helmets. Oh, that's a nice place. See, I, I don't have anything like that. I, I can't exactly. Kids don't give a damn about CNN or NBC Sports or Fox News or anything like that. They're not all that interested in anything like that. So I will try, vary up the voices, bring the energy, and not pay attention to the fact that the kids are not listening. But 
Uh, let us know at, at RDC Home and Home. How do you feel about reading to your kids? Anybody get nervous like me? Or would you rather give a speech to a college class? But we're going to talk about a lot of villains today on Home and Home. Sports villains. And a lot of guys fit that category right now. Some embrace it, some do not. Joel Embiid, Philadelphia 76ers superstar, seems to be suddenly shifting and embracing the role of villain in the city of Philadelphia. And what a performance he had last night. Maybe it works for Embiid. The Houston Astros are the villains of all of professional sports right now. And it looks like we now have a face of the villains, unfortunately, He's no longer a Houston Astro because it sounds like from some excellent reporting from Ken Rosenthal, the athletic that Carlos Beltran was the face was the brains of the operation of the sign stealing scandal. So we'll get into the villainous aspects of the Astros and will Tom Brady be a villain if in fact he leaves new England because our good friend, Christian Fourier uh, has some news that he he thinks Brady is as good as gone. But we start with my villain this morning and why it felt like getting kicked in the nuts the first second I rolled out of bed today. And I got to admit, I went from hurt to angry to suddenly a little bit hopeful. I'll get to the hopeful in just a minute. Get out of bed, check Twitter. Trending <laughs> is Mel Tucker, University of Colorado, head football coach. He's been there all of one season, a five and seven season in which Colorado hired him from Georgia, giving him the opportunity of a lifetime. And coach Tuck was all in on Colorado and sold everybody, the boosters, the fans, the players, the students, the recruits. He was all in on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I talked to the University of Colorado AD, who was there for the interview at Tucker's home, who filled his home with Colorado gear and sold the school on how he was committed to them, on how excited he was for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And just like that, Coach Tucker is freaking gone. He leaves Colorado, and maybe you aren't Colorado fans out there, but most of you can relate because your school probably tends to be more of the have-nots than the haves because there are only 20, maybe 25 haves, and most of them come in the SEC and the Big Ten and the Northeast, and everybody else is the have-nots. And when you're the have-nots, your coaches can leave at any given second. So Michigan State, after being turned down by everybody, four different candidates, including Mel Tucker, circled back to Mel Tucker. And after the first approach by Michigan State, Mel Tucker tweeted this. While I am flattered to be considered for the head coaching job at Michigan State, I am committed to CU Buffs football for Hashtag the build of our program. It's great athletes, coaches, and supporters. Hashtag unfinished business. What Coach Tuck, who I met this past season, forgot to tweet is that I am committed up into a certain dollar figure. And Michigan State gave him that dollar figure. According to reports, Bruce Feldman at The Athletic, they are doubling his salary from the University of Colorado. And so he leaves 
the greatest recruiting class Colorado has seen in years, seventh best in the Pac-12, doesn't sound great for, for Colorado, it is, leaves that program screwed, devastated. Alums like me, fans, students, and most importantly, the, the 30 or so commitments that he got, that he convinced to come to Colorado to build this program. This sucks. I trusted this, this guy. These recruits trusted this guy. Their parents trusted this guy. And I just talked to one of those parents just last week. His son played three years in the Ivy League and was convinced by Coach Tucker to use that one remaining year of eligibility to go to Colorado and help him build the defense that he wants. Now what? Now that guy probably doesn't have a chance of playing because it's an entirely new staff coming in, someone who hadn't committed to him. Look, I understand it's the almighty buck, but this sucks, Ross. This sucks for Colorado, and it sucks for all of college athletics that these kids have committed to a university and that a guy can leave after one year. Now, it's only a $3 million buyout, which apparently ain't much for Michigan State. It ought to be $10 million buyouts for every major college coach after a year or two. To leave a program after one year, I don't care about the dollars and cents. This just flat out sucks for college athletics. All right, so a couple of things. Number one, would it make that much of a difference to you if he did it after his second year? It would feel a little less devastating um, but still I would be furious. I would be kicked in the nuts. I would be down. I would be blue. I wouldn't be as angry, but I would still probably have this same visceral reaction. Yes. Right. The only reason why I mentioned that is because I would argue that if he was going to do this, it's better that he does it now, as opposed to bringing in a whole other class of kids another year. You know what I mean? Like, there's always going to be a year of kids. Like if he, let, let's assume Coach Tucker was going to leave at some point um, for $5.4 million, which by the way, uh, I might need to be Coach Tucker if Coach Tuckers are getting $5.4 million these days. But uh, let's assume he was always going to leave, which I don't know that it's the case, but let's just say that. Yeah. I would argue that it's better that he leaves now before he gets too entrenched in the Colorado community, brings in a second recruiting class or third, as the case may be, has those guys invest a year with him, and so that there's a whole group of 60 young men that have come there for him. I would argue that he's he's probably better off doing it this way. I can remember... You know, one of the reasons why Bill O'Brien didn't leave Penn State after a year was because he really didn't want to be a one-and-done guy. But then he just left after the second year. And so all of those kids that committed to him and played for him as true freshmen, they're like, okay, so you stayed for one season? It almost would have been better off if he had been a one-and-done guy and he had left rather than convincing all those kids to go there and then leaving. So I understand your perspective on that, Dave, but I would say there's never a good time. It's kind of like the Philip Rivers, you know, it, 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 there's never really a good time. It's never really good. So 
I don't care that much about one and done versus two. Uh, other thoughts I have. Um, yep. Secondly, correct me if I'm wrong, but you really liked Coach Tuck as a guy, but you weren't really sold on him as a head coach and being the future of Colorado football anyway, right? Well, look, I did meet him, and I, I, he's a guy that he can sell you, man. I mean, the energy, the enthusiasm that he brings, and he seems like such a genuine nice guy. Um, little behind-the-scenes story, went out to a college football game. A friend said, hey, why don't you text Coach Tuck and see if you can come down on the sideline. I said, I'm, I'm not important. Uh, Coach Tuck isn't going to text me back. Well, I had not landed on the ground for five minutes before I'd received a, a text from Coach Tucker, come down to the sideline, love to meet you, and was blown away by this guy. So I understand how he put together such an incredible recruiting class. But the games I watched, including that one in person, I was really surprised how University of Colorado was beat in the exact way that Coach Tucker was supposed to reverse. They were defensively, they were just very, very weak, and they got pushed around and punched in the face, um, out physical. They didn't have any discipline. The things Coach Tucker was supposed to bring to Colorado was discipline, physical toughness, and defense. And their two games against the two teams that played in the Pac-12 championship, Utah and Oregon, they were outscored, dude, but 90 to 18. But I try not to judge programs too quickly because those weren't his guys. A coach needs a couple of years to really get his type of guys into the program and coaching them up the way that he might have. Now, no, I wasn't entirely convinced, but I come to you this morning as a guy who's just whose program felt like it had some momentum was was beginning to maybe turn things around. And now I think this is just a four or a five year setback because I'm guessing you have half, if not more of the commitments bail the same way the coach did. And, and that also brings in the transfer rules, which suck for, uh, for the college landscape. I just think in part, I blame my school for not having an elevator type buyout that, that shrinks each year, 10 million after one year. 8 million after two years, 6 million after three years. Uh, that's the way programs ought to do it, is certainly if you're in a major conference like Pac-12. But look, most of us are have-nots in college football, and so we're all one offer away from our coach just bailing, adiosing. Yeah, so um, I think you're right, Dave. I'm not sure the exact rule, but I think every one of these 2020 signees and frankly, any player on the team, I believe if your head coach leaves, you should be able to transfer immediately without penalty if you so choose. Because as you know, I have a recruiting business, Go Big Recruiting. I go through this process with a lot of families. And I always tell them, Dave, every time, commit to the school, not the coach. The school, not the coach. Guess what? They almost always go to the coaches that they like the most. It's just human nature. You feel like you're picking people as opposed to an institution. So they should be able to get one. Like if your coach transfers, and I'm saying if it's the head coach or your position coach, if your head coach leaves or position coach leaves, you should be able to transfer like that. 
because you picked that school in large part based on him. If he's allowed to leave whenever he wants, you should be able to leave whenever you want. So that's number one. So I'm with you in terms of the commitments to that school, even though, as I tell them, they shouldn't have gone there for Coach Tucker. They should have gone there for the program. Secondly, Dave, let's be honest, okay? Now, you're from Colorado. You went to Colorado. So it's a little bit different for you. But he's from Cleveland. His parents, his brother, they live in Ohio. East Lansing, Michigan, not far from Ohio. He's coached at Ohio State. He's coached at Michigan State. These are his roots. This is where he's from. It's closer to family. He gets double the money and double the amount of money for his assistant coaches to be able to bring in some real deal assistant coaches. Now, be honest, Dave. You've gotten screwed by several networks. We know that. That's how coaching works as well. Coach Tucker probably should have gotten other opportunities earlier. He didn't. I was with him with the Cleveland Browns, I believe, for a year. Like, he knows how it works. What would you do, Dave? If you were in his shoes, what would you have done? Right. I mean, that is the massive monster hypothetical that is impossible for someone like me to answer. Cause for me weighing 2.5 million versus 5 million, it's just impossible for me to fathom. But if, if I was, I mean, look, it's, it's easy for me to say, because I, I, I will never be in a similar situation to this. And I've said this before, like if I'm weighing, and I said this about D'Antonio, right? Like, so this is consistent for me. When D'Antonio, who was the prior Michigan State head football coach, took that massive $4 million bonus payment and said, I'm going to stick around until I get that payment and then bail. What I said in the immediate aftermath is, I would make a very different decision if I were working for a television network, if I were working for a massive corporation like an Amazon or like a Netflix, I would make a very different decision if I was committing to an educational institution and to kids and to parents. So look, you can say I'm full of shit, that's fine. If I committed to a university and those kids and those parents and they gave me the once in a lifetime opportunity and paid me $2.5 million a year to do it, I stand before you and say I would stick. I would honor my commitments. I would certainly not get on Twitter with a bunch of bullshit about I am committed to CU Bubs football for the build of our program because he was only committed until the salary was doubled. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear you. Let me ask you this, though, too, because I got another question for you on this. Colorado yeah. used to be the haves. When did that change? Like, Colorado used to be a top 10, top 20 program. Colorado was a have. So it's almost hard to, like, have this, oh, poor Colorado, have not. They were a have. They they blew it somehow, some way. What was it? Well, it wasn't overnight. It was several, like when, when coach McCartney, who, who won the last national title, shared national title, some of you might point out, once he left, I think what he was doing was rather fluky. I mean, first off, 
inside baseball, Coach McCartney was going into Compton, California, uh, had a really incredible program built, but built off the backs of some guys that may or may not have deserved to be in college at all. This is a long story, but guys with gang affiliations. Um, and it was a terrific run for Colorado, but it was several bad coaching hires in a row that just kind of over the years, they slipped and slipped and slipped. And then they were falling towards the bottom of the Big 12. The Pac-12 was thought to be a brilliant move turned out to be a bad move for the program because they got more money, but they couldn't recruit in the state of California. Now, there is some good news, and that's why my mood has turned a little bit. And maybe it's not news, but at least a theory from our friends at Pro Football Talk that the logical choice to replace Mel Tucker is very easy, and it could be immediate, and one would think he would be allowed to leave Immediately is Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator, Kansas City Chiefs. One would think that he went to Colorado. He was on that national title team. Andy Reid wants him to have an opportunity. He continually gets denied those opportunities at the NFL level. So this might be the golden opportunity for Bieniemy, for Colorado, and for all those recruits I think would stick if they got a name like Biennemi, the offensive coordinator for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So that's why my mood is kind of like the hair of the dog when you're really hung over and you might have a Bloody Mary or another beer or whatever it is, makes you feel a little bit better. I actually feel Eric Biennemi would, would completely erase my pain if that's to happen. I think he is a much better hire um, for the reputation of the university than would be Mel Tucker Stang. All right, so first of all, what the hell is hair of the dog? What, oh, you've what never does had... that even mean? So when you're really hungover, people say, just have a little hair of the dog. And that means have another drink. Have a little more alcohol. Like some people when they're really hungover, I can't believe you've never had the hair of the dog. So it's some people have a beer the next day. Some people have a screwdriver. For me, obviously, it's a Bloody Mary. Have a little more alcohol and it makes you feel a little bit better. Now, part of that is that it kind of continues the buzz instead of it wearing off. But I find it works. One of the one of the millennials, Jordan Cohn, says it doesn't work at all. I disagree. You've never had hair of the dog. Well, I've, I've tried that before. Uh, it doesn't really work for me, number one. Number two, um, I never had it called hair of the dog. Secondly, I have some bad news for you, bro. <laughs> Uh -oh. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if Bienemy went to Colorado. He Why? is, I think, because he's the number one candidate for an NFL head coaching job next year, and I believe that he'll get one. There is such an uproar about the Rooney Rule right now. They are totally looking to revamp it, start over. Who knows how big the coaching hiring cycle will or won't be next year, although there were several coaches retained this year, like Doug Marone, that surprised me. But I got to think, literally, out of any possible candidate that's available, Eric Bieniemy is number one. I personally would be surprised if he, talk, if he took, to use your words, a have-not college job in the Pac-12 when he is 
10 months, 11 months away from getting an NFL head coaching job. We said that a year ago about Eric Bieniemy, that he had to get a head coaching job. The two guys that were thought to guaranteed get head coaching jobs, Josh McDaniels, Eric Bieniemy, did not. We said that a year ago. No guarantee any job opens. Doug Marone comes to mind. Maybe Bill O'Brien if Houston takes a step back. But when you look across the league, there might not be any head coaching jobs open after next season. Uh, maybe in Detroit, I guess that's another job. But would you rather go back to your alma mater for two and a half, three million dollars, or would you rather go to Detroit or to Jacksonville? Jacksonville, which may move to London, I would think you'd rather go back to your alma mater, make two and a half, three million bucks a year. No guarantee that anyone's going to hire him in the NFL. Wouldn't you thought he already had a head coaching job right now? Um, I thought he had a good shot this cycle. Yeah, I think he's almost a near lock next cycle there have never been less than four openings ever that i can ever remember and he probably makes two million bucks now or close to it as the oc in kansas city so uh, i'd be surprised look i hope for you it happens and if that's what eric wants i hope it happens for him i just doubt it and pardon me wonders if he takes it if next year he gets an nfl head coaching job and leaves after a year and we're having the same conversation. Come on, man. I, I need I need some medicine. I need some hair of the dog. I need something to make me feel better. And I was latching on to this pro football talk report. And, and I'm not going to listen to anything you fucking say. I am going to just embrace the news. Eric Bieniemy is going to go back to Boulder. He is going to rebuild this program. I need some good news today. I need some good news. We're going to take a quick break here on Home and Home. And when we come back, we'll get into more villains. Could Tom Brady be a villain in New England if, in fact, Christian Fourier is right that Brady is really has not just one foot out the door. He appears to be gone from New England, in the words of Fourier, and also is the most popular player in the XFL a punter. Marquette King has more than 300,000 Instagram followers. Is he headed to the NFL? next season. We'll talk to him after a break. Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. Then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones than find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's a villainous Wednesday here on Home and Home. Coach Mel Tucker 
leaving Colorado after one season, after saying he's committed to Colorado, gone to Michigan State. That's the breaking news this morning. Tom Brady, is he going to be a villain in New England if, in fact, he leaves in free agency? Carlos Beltran looks like the face of the villainous Houston Astros, even though he's no longer there. And Joel Embiid shushing the Sixers fans and telling them to shut the F up. Or was he telling himself that? We'll talk to Spike Eskin, WIP Sports Radio in Philadelphia about this intriguing debacle that is the Philadelphia 76ers. Home and home radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire. Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker here. And Tom Brady will be on the minds of sports fans in New England until we hear a decision about where he will play next season. Let's just completely write off the possibility of Brady TB12 retiring. So it's a question of where will he land and will he leave New England? Christian Fourier, former Patriots tight end, hosted WEEI Sports Radio in Boston, weighed in on if or Brady is leaving New England or not. Listen. And I would say this, because I have changed my percentage. What do you mean? I think I was at 90%. Wait, wait, wait. Percentage of him coming back? Or percent of him leaving. Of leaving. Okay, what is it? I now? am putting that at 99.6% Tom Brady never wears a Patriots jersey again. Wait, what's, what's Next what's time he again? shows up at Gillette Stadium, it'll be either as a guest playing for another team or getting a red jacket. What is the percentage there, again? 996 he is Gonski. He is not going to return. I've seen it. Call me Neo again. You guys know what happens when I, when everything comes clear to me. I'm 100%, 90% of the time, or at least 60% of the time, I'm 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I will. Wow, that's a big that's, percentage. That that's is it, it, huh? That well, is okay, let's look. Let's, let's, always subject. 95, which equals, I don't know. Always, think, always subject to change. As you know. No, no, no. I, I feel good about this one. 99.6%. So you're saying there's a chance, New England, 0.4% chance that Tom Brady sticks around New England. That was Christian Fourier, former Patriots tight end and host at Sports Radio WEI in Boston. Look, I've always thought, Ross, the question that we're asking is wrong. The question we should have been asking from the very start is what can and what will the Patriots do to keep Tom Brady and I don't think there's anything they can or will do because I don't think it's about money. Yeah, well, I think it's about money. It's about respect. And it's about the guys he has around him. I really felt like Josh McDaniels coming back was significant, although Dante Scarnecchia leaving might be equally significant I just think when a guy like Christian Fourier says this, that makes me take notice because Christian and I were teammates for a couple of years in New England. He won a couple of Super Bowls there in 2003 and 2004. He is friendly with Tom Brady. He interviews Belichick every week in person. So, you know, and he knows he's going to have to see Belichick and talk to him about this. At some point, I'm not saying he has inside information. I'm just saying there is something that compelled him to increase his percentage to 99.6%. 
And presumably from the last few reports that have leaked out of, of the Patriots camp, there is some suggestion that Bill Belichick is not interested in having Tom Brady back. Now, there have been reports that conflict that directly, but Christian Fourier certainly not just pulling this out of the clear blue sky, basing this on some inside information, whether that's the Brady camp or the Patriots camp is the question. Do the Patriots want 43-year-old Tom Brady back at what they're going to have to pay him, which is north of $30 million for the next two years? So the question is for Christian, and maybe we can get him on, to ask what side of the camp, what side of the road that came from. But again, let me ask you. You know the free agent market pretty well. I don't see anything out there that the Patriots can do to lure Tom Brady back. I heard one... Uh, report that, ooh, maybe they could snag Greg Olson and A.J. Green, and that would make Tom Brady more likely to come back to New England? I don't think so. Why would it past his prime tight end, who's been banged up for the last several years, and a well-past-his-prime wide receiver who did not play one game this past season be enough to convince Brady that he could win a Super Bowl when there are comparable weapons closer to their prime in Los Angeles. I, I just don't see what's out there on the free agent market that convinced Brady things are going to be different than they were last year. All right. So here's my question, Dave. I understand what you're saying about new England. They have some challenges with their roster construction, providing him with more weapons. I, I grant you that. Who's the team that doesn't have challenges? Like who's the team that is a much better option for him in your mind? A much better option for Brady? Yeah. Like, well, I think I, you're saying, I like... You're saying what do the Patriots yeah. have to offer him? Yeah. I want to know what these other teams have to offer him that yeah. is is so much better than what New England does. Well, I do like what they have to offer uh, with the Chargers. I do like Austin Eckler. I do like Hunter Henry. I do like Mike Williams. I clearly like Keenan Allen. I think that gives you one, two, three, four weapons that are the Patriots have one, and he is a slot receiver and one of the greatest of all time in Julian Edelman, but four weapons at his disposal um, in addition to the massive profits he might reap down the road by expanding the TB12 brand to the opposite coast. I certainly like the Chargers' weapons better than what they have to offer in New England. So I would agree with you on that, okay? But... Number one, that would be the same division as the Kansas City Chiefs. Number two, the Chargers have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. They've been heinous the last couple years from a pass protection standpoint in particular. Number three, he doesn't even know these guys. Like Anthony Lynn, the head coach, you go from Bill Belichick to Anthony Lynn, I really like Anthony Lynn. That is a pretty big drop-off. You go from Josh McDaniels to Shane Steichen, I don't even think Brady knows anything about that guy. Which, by the way, is part of the whole flaw in the Patriots needing to know by March 16th. You know, Brady can know behind the scenes what teams are interested and how much money they're willing to give him. But I would think it's important for Brady to talk to the head coach to talk to the offensive coordinator 
get a little feel for their philosophy before he signs up. So I think that the Patriots request that he wants, you know, they want to know by March 16th. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't see how he does that reasonably. I, I just don't see how that's possible. Because I think Brady, unlike a D lineman or some of the other positions, he needs to have some conversations with people, kind of like Peyton Manning did. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Look, I, 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 I can't figure out a lot of the things about Brady. Number one, social media gives you a lot of clues about Tom Brady, and, and more so than we ever imagined that Tom Brady would be. And, and, and the first social media clue to me was that long and brilliant and passionate Instagram post where he says he still has a lot to prove. And to me, that always signaled what Tom Brady has to prove is that he can win without Bill Belichick. And I can't ignore the fact that Tom Brady liked that post by the NFL on Instagram that the Chargers and Phillip Rivers are parting ways. I think that was a solid clue that he is interested in the idea of taking the TB12 brand, his skills, and partnering up with those Chargers weapons. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I still think that's the most likely scenario for him. Sounds like they really, really want him. I don't have another great landing spot for Brady, quite frankly. So I think it's a distinct possibility unless some type of surprise team comes out of nowhere. All right, speaking of surprises coming out of nowhere, let's go from the NFL to the XFL and what is, ironically, what might be the most popular player in the XFL. At least if you look at Instagram followers, there he is, Marquette King and his 335,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> What's up, brother? We we uh, we mixed up time zones, apparently, so you thought we were on Central Time, we're on Eastern Time. Good to have you on the show, St. Louis Battlehawks punter now i gotta clear something up when you were in the nfl you did several interviews that i've watched on youtube as marquette king they called mm -hmm. you marquette king on broadcast for several years and then i watch you on ig as marquette king explain what's your name bro it, it, it depends on the day man if i'm if i'm acting a little different and where i don't know if, it, if i'm not having my best day sometimes it's marquette and if i'm being normal it's marquette so it depends on how you feel all right, so what I feel, Marquette, Marquette, whatever, uh, <laughs> I feel like it's weird that you're not in the NFL right now. Why are you not in the NFL? Uh, I mean, it's, de it's definitely interesting, but as I, as I take the time to see what's going on in my life, throughout my life, um, uh, me being in this situation has uh, allowed me to be where I can have other things in my life pop off, such as music and acting and um, set myself up for the future, even though I still can punt. So I kind of uh, look at everything that's not working out the way I physically wanted it to uh, as a blessing. So I try to find a positive in it. But I think uh, with the XFL, I think it's going to put me in a position to better myself as a player, uh, focus on doing a lot of the things I didn't do when I was in the NFL to make myself better. Uh, as far as more stretching, more drills, even though I did a lot of drills, like, I mean, my, my, my work ethic is, is uncomparable, I feel like, um, when it comes to being the best at what I can do. All right, so do you feel like the dancing, the showmanship after you had good punts, 
your personality, the Instagram, do you feel like your personality and brand is why you're not in the NFL as opposed to just your punting? Uh, I think, I don't know. It, it depends. Um, I feel like honestly, a lot of people can be misunderstood just because people try to judge that person's character based off of social media, TV, what they see from a distance. So, I mean, maybe you never know, but I feel like, um, once a coach, gets an opportunity to sit down and just have lunch with me and get to know who I am, besides judging me off of what I am from a distance, uh, I think I would totally be understood a lot more. But um, I don't know. You, you just never know. But at the same time, I feel like God's got a plan, and his plan was for me to be in the XFL. And, shoot, I'd definitely be back in the NFL for sure because, like I said, I work, I work too hard to not be. Talking to Marquette, Marquette. King, St. Louis Battlehawks, punter of the XFL, a second-team All-Pro with the Raiders in 2016. And Marquette, your career average is 46.7 yards in the NFL. That would have been 10th, top 10 in the league this past season. I don't understand um, why. Just to clarify, why do you believe you are not in the NFL today? The numbers are there, man. I don't know. I, I honestly... That's a question that I uh, don't understand. And I remember at one point I tried to understand why I'm not, I wasn't in the NFL at the time. And I mean, like I said, it's uh, it's a question that I can't answer, honestly. Um, I mean, but I'm thankful for the whole situation because like I said, it, it just definitely fueled my other things like my music and the acting. So it, it gave me a chance to work on all the other stuff too and still work on punting. So, but I'm, I'm telling you, I'm having so much more fun in the XFL, too. But, I mean, I'm sure when I get back in the NFL, it'll be fun. But everything happens for a reason, man. So I'm just enjoying the ride. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask, Marquette. Are, are you liking the XFL so far? It's definitely different. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, getting a chance to be around other players that are kind of going through the same thing that I'm going through. Uh, it's, it's super cool to be around people that are – it's kind of like when you uh, – Maybe when you feel uncomfortable or you feel sick and uh, knowing that other people have the same issue that you have, you kind of feel better. So it's kind of cool being around a lot of people, like I'm running back and uh, some of the folks on defense, like hearing their stories of what they're going through. Like it's, it's super cool. And it's like, man, well, I'm not the only one in this situation, but what can you do? You just make the best out of it. All right, talking to Marquette King punter for the St. Louis Battlehawks. A lot of viral moments from week one of the XFL. <laughs> None more so than your 63-yard punt. And Pat McAfee chimed in <laughs> on that punt and what happened to it inside the five-yard line. Let's listen to that really quickly, and I want to get your reaction. And he's punted the ball way too many times if you're St. Louis. I this is another laser. I concur, but whenever the wide receivers drop balls, you need a punter to save you with a perfect – what is he doing? What in the world? Pat almost what? ran out there and, and, and downed it himself. <laughs> oh, that was the perfect. Just stay off the ball. Just don't even touch it. Marquette just hit a perfect punt. Just don't even touch it, buddy. Uh, wow, and it went right through the wickets 
on Gerard Hurd. The flag on the play. Incredible effort on a special teams play there. Ends up backfiring a little bit. What was going through your mind? I thought he touched it, so I tried to get on the ball before no. he got on the ball, and then we went in the end zone. Okay, Joey, you're 100% right. I can respect the hell out of that. All right, so those of you that couldn't see what happened, 63-yard punt, you it was a beauty. I mean, it was a dime that dropped at the one, and your teammate touches it into the end zone for a touchback. What did you say to your teammate there? I didn't, I didn't say anything to him. I, <laughs> me and uh, the kicker, Taylor Russellino, we just started laughing. Like, Pat gave us this look like, hey, man. But um, I ain't say nothing to him, man. We all make mistakes. Um, so, I mean, like, I probably didn't hit my best punts at the beginning. Even though those XFL balls are hard to hit, I still didn't. I could have did better in the first half of the game. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I just look at stuff like that. Like, we all make mistakes. So, I mean, and I can definitely do that on command at any other time. So, and I'm planning on doing it this week against Houston. Marquette, what do you think of the the rules about the touchbacks or not being able to do the the coffin corner punts? Man, you know, it's, it was tough for me because I'm like, damn, man, it's my game. Like, I pan people deep. Like, but I can't pin them now. Like, I got to I gotta base it off of luck or hope the ball just takes the right bounce so it doesn't go out of bounds or go in the end zone. So it's like my my natural instinct is to, like, press and, and see how far my limits can go as far as putting the ball inside the 10-yard line. But I got to play it safe. So, like, it's almost like a, a bad punt or a shank is actually really good in this league because <laughs> sometimes it, it, a bad punt ends up turning out to be better. Interesting. All right. So tell us, generally speaking, how different is life in the XFL compared to the NFL? Um, what really stands out as the most notable differences from a player's perspective, other than the obvious, the salary? Yeah, uh, the fact that I got to walk a mile in the snow in the mornings and the evenings when I'm done. Uh, <laughs> what else? I uh, the, the scheduling is definitely um, it's about the same. We hear about all day, just about. Um, uh, no, they don't have a, they try to find people that understand the game of special teams. Um, I don't have a kicking coach. So that's, that's also a plus right there because sometimes you do have, uh, coaches that try to coach you up with punting and kicking that's never did it before. And it kind of starts messing with you mentally. Uh, so that's cool. Like they kind of like, let me do my thing on my own and, just get, do whatever I have to do to get myself better. What else? Uh, yeah, you just got to it's, – it's similar to the NFL, but, like, uh, I guess they ask for a little bit more. Like it, It's kind of like I get treated like I'm in college a little bit too. All right, Marquette, last one, man. So I, I played seven years, and for five different teams – Never had a punter that looked anything like you, bro. Not anything <laughs> like you. The hair, the earring, like the whole deal. So I got to ask, how many got times when you were swat. in the league? How many times when you were in the league and now, when some kid came up to you for your autograph, did they think you were a receiver or a DB and have no idea you were the punter? Uh it happened a lot, man. It definitely happens a lot. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, a lot of people, I don't know, I've been a pro, I got a pro when we were in Dallas, but it definitely happens a lot. Sometimes uh, when I was in Oakland, some of the new people would come in and they'd be like, do y'all know what position he plays? Like, what position do you think he plays? Receiver, safety, like strong punter. 
Strong safety, strong punter, same thing. <laughs> Marquette King with us, punter for the St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL. You must be working on some new moves, man. Give us the new moves that you might put on display this weekend against Houston. We need to see some of that flashy flair. I know, man. I, I got to figure it out. I forgot the name of this team. It's the Houston something, like Roughnecks or something, but – I don't know. Sometimes I base it off of the thing. Sometimes I base it off of another player trying to flex on the other side. Um, and I just kind of mimic what they do. Um, I don't know yet, though. We'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm sure I got some stuff under my sleeve. Okay, finally, you don't know the name of the Houston. They are the Roughnecks. What does your mom, what do your parents call you? Marquette or Marquette? Well, it depends on who they introduce me to. Um, if they feel like the person can't pronounce my name right, they say Marquette. And then if they feel like they can pronounce it right, they say Marquette. So, I mean, I've just turned it into, like, if I'm starting to act like, act a little weird, people usually call me Marquette. And then if I'm acting normal, it's just Marquette. Sometimes they'll be like, hey, you starting to act like Marquette right now. <laughs> All right, Marquette, last question. In what league are you punting next year, XFL or NFL? NFL for sure. I put that. I put the atmosphere. I prayed about it. Like, I mean, I I know when I have something in my mind and I know I'm gonna get something done and accomplished, it happens. And they're gonna be in the NFL this year. Um, that's my goal. I I work too hard for it. I think about it all the time and I see it. We agree. Marquette King like to see you back in the NFL next season, I continue to switch between Marquette and Marquette because I don't know which one you're going to be <laughs> pending on the question. So we appreciate the time, my friend. Best of luck this XFL season and against Houston this coming weekend. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you all for inviting me. You're the man. All right, two different names, one outstanding putter. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, Ross, and when we come back, we'll talk to Spike Eskin, WIP Sports Radio in Philadelphia, about the amazing journey that Joel Embiid has taken in the past 36, 48 hours from hero to villain, back to hero again, who he is this morning. He kind of switches off like Marquette and Marquette. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had guys before say they don't care what you call them. I've never had a guy before say it changes by the day. <laughs> that is a first, and that does not help you get signed back in the NFL. I'm just being honest. Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. Then she switched to ZipRecruiter, and saw an immediate difference. You can too, by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones than find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. 
See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the Radio.com app or at Radio.com slash home. Home and Home. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.